Uh, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, December 6th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about an eventful week for the Little Rock School District, the latest in the Linda Collins murder case, and the latest in the Hunter Biden adoption case. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So, in case we have listeners out there who, like State Board uh, of Education member Brett Williamson, are sick of hearing about the Little Rock School District, let's start with the, the more statewide topics first and work our way backward, even though the, the Little Rock uh, news was probably the, the biggest of the week. Uh, first, what's going on in the Linda Collins case? Some pretty big developments this week. Well, pretty big, except we don't know exactly what happened. We do know this much. Henry Boyce of Newport, who was the prosecutor in the case, uh, apparently asked the judge to be relieved of duty in the case. The judge reviewed his request and agreed that he should go. Normally, you're removed, you get off a case because you have some kind of conflict. We have no idea why Henry Boyce wants off this case. He's a candidate for judge in judicial elections in March. That might be a complication. This case is now scheduled to go to trial in in almost a year from now, so maybe he thought the timing was right to make a change and they'll appoint a special prosecutor. Unfortunately, we've had just had a change in judges for reasons not known, and it was the fourth now the fourth judge on the case, John Fogelman. We now have a new prosecutor. We're replacing Boyce who kind of created something of the conspiracy nuttiness that surrounds this case early on by asking for an order from the judge to keep everything secret. Some stuff has come out. But what we've got is a, a woman who was once a friend and campaigner for Linda Collins, Rebecca O'Donnell, sitting in jail for supposedly uh, capital murder. There's apparently some video evidence that shows her tampering with video cameras around the house at the time of the death. That's fairly damning evidence. Beyond that, we really don't know. Nobody else has been charged. Uh, she's being held in a county jail in a way where she has limited contact with visitors, and some people have made a, a lot out of that. You know, there's a, a talk show host in Little Rock who trades in conspiracy theories and Oh, they've got everybody involved in it from her ex-husband, Phil Smith, who was a former judge, to my wife who considered their divorce, the property division in their divorce case, to me because I've been a liberal columnist who's been critical of Linda Collins. What that has to do, I don't know that anybody's yet accused me of the murder, but you know, who knows where this may be going. I, I Maybe have, we're getting new listeners right I, now. I don't think of... I've been to Pocahontas since uh, going to St. Louis Cardinals game about 15 years ago. So in, in, any, in any event, I think I've got an ironclad alibi. Do we, but, have, do we have any sense what the timeline is for a new prosecutor probably next week? Well, uh, probably at least next week. This is not a great case. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to require an extended period of work. There's a long discovery process. It's not one I think that people will be jumping to take it take advantage of the appointment. So I just don't know. There's, but there's still an awful lot of other rumors about this case. There there are rumors that there may be additional charges coming, if not directly in this case, to actions by people related to this case. Perhaps threats made against people. Uh, you know what we don't know is an awful lot. And unfortunately, the fact that so much of this case is behind closed doors and sealed records just gives rise to people to just dream up whatever. And and they're busy doing that. From one conspiracy to another, uh, let's talk about the latest in the Hunter Biden adoption case. Well, this case is really pretty plain vanilla. Uh, Hunter Biden, the son of the former vice president, met a woman from Arkansas who was 
I guess, going to school in Washington, D.C., and also working maybe in a nightclub or something. And, and uh, they had a relationship of some sort that apparently produced a pregnancy. And, and the DNA test seems to have established that Hunter Biden is the father and the woman is properly seeking child support from the father of the child. Uh, there have been some difficulties serving him with the case. Hunter Biden, unfortunately, is somebody that currently is unemployed. Uh, he's divorced and has children from a previous marriage. Uh, he's had substance abuse problems, apparently. He's kind of the black sheep of the Biden family. Well, this has become a big deal because it's gotten an immense amount of media attention. And it's not because it's a paternity case. This is because enemies of Joe Biden, the, the candidate for president, are hoping to dig up dirt on Hunter Biden, who made a lot of money at one time as an advisor to a Ukraine company and a Chinese company, probably on account of the fact that his last name is Biden. And so they want to use this as a means to get at that. Uh, the attorney for the woman in this case, who claims to have only the interest of the child at heart, uh, when he turned in his bill, uh, turned in something like $1,000 worth of billing for 15 different episodes of talking to national reporters about this case. What the interest of the child was in that, I don't know, but it certainly was an in, in the interest of advancing bad news about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son. So it happens that one of the attorneys in the case for the woman from Batesville is is uh, the campaign treasurer for uh, the candidacy for Supreme Court by Barbara Webb, whose wife of the Doyle Webb, the Republican Party chairman in Arkansas, coincidentally, I suppose, not that the Republicans have any interest in trashing Hunter Biden through this case. But the good news is, is that Don McSpadden, the circuit judge on the case, says that uh, he's going to treat this like any other case. He wants financial information filed. He wants it kept under seal by the parties and he'll send people to jail if they don't. And he also sent a pretty stern warning to lawyers to stop talking to the media about the case. So we shall see. I, I do think that if and when Biden finally files some financial information, if somehow it doesn't leak out into the public, I'll be very surprised. Okay. Well, let's leave it there and now turn to the Little Rock School District. Well, you need to explain all this. It just looks like a mess. To well, me. l let's let's start with the most recent news, which is also the best, and that's that uh, Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott has named Jay Barth, the uh, Hendricks professor, longtime Hendricks professor, former State Board of Education chairman, uh, Arkansas Times contributor, and, and our friend, to become the city's first chief education officer. And that's good news. He's going to be charged with figuring out how a community school or several community schools will work, as well as um, how the city can expand its after-school offerings and uh, various things. It, his, his real job, I think, is going to be to find a lot of people to work with. Right, and also to represent the city is an advocate for the Little Rock School District where the city has had a hands-off approach to the district throughout its Historically. history. Historically. The, the city has no statutory obligations to the school district, but needless to say, and, and city leaders haven't shown much awareness of this, how the school district goes determines in large measure how the city goes. Until, until recently, we should until, say. I mean, uh, until recently, and Frank Scott, to his credit, has taken up the schools as a charge, and, and that's a big plus. I mean, I, I will I have written, and so I will state again, that Frank Scott is a, he's a conciliator. He's a compromiser. He's a let's all meet together kind of person. This has produced in the past some willingness on his part to say a lot of good things 
about things that I happen to think have been bad for the Little Rock School District, particularly charter schools. He was endorsed by the Democrat Gazette precisely because they liked what he said about charter schools, which to my way of thinking was kind of one of the reasons at the time I favored Baker Curris. But the great news about Jay Barth is, is he is somebody who on the State Board of Education voted against the state takeover of the school district, who has a clear-eyed and complete understanding of all the competing currents in this. I think he'll be uh, an honest broker. And I think where there are times that some tough talk is necessary from the city, that, that he can be looked upon to do it. I, I think that that's, that's a good thing. I don't mean to say that he's going to change Frank Scott's essential nature, but I think having... Or, or Johnny Keyes. Or, or Johnny Keyes, either. But, I mean, to have somebody who, who is well-equipped and willing to deal with some of the tougher issues, I think it's a good thing. As I've said to you before, the school issue in Little Rock is unfortunately one of those cases where there isn't, a common path. I mean, we're, we're not going to reach something that's going to make everybody happy. At some point, if the mayor is indeed going to get fully involved in the Little Rock School District, he's going to have to make some decisions of who he's with on some decisions that are going to have starkly opposing points of view. I mean, we have more school closings ahead of us. Which schools qualify for additional help? How serious is he about additional help? Up to 500000 committed this year. Realistically, that's not a lot of money at the start. There's hope for private money to augment that. And, and possibly state input. Yeah, well, there'll be state input. The well, question is, will state put any money yeah. in? As in, you know, they're big on words, not so much on dollars. And so, so there's that. But, you know, I think... Uh, the next year really is critical. The next 12 months on reshaping, there's going to be a significant reorganization of the district school-wise, and there's going to be a school board election next November. Well, yeah, before we get too deep into that, I mean, the one thing, community schools have been something that uh, certainly progressive LRSD advocates have long said, you know, is, is one of the only ways that we can really improve outcomes in, in schools that... Um, you know, have been labeled by the state at least as failing because of their standardized test performance. But we know that it's poverty is the issue, and and you can't tackle poverty in the classroom alone. And so, community the idea of a community school is you're going to provide wraparound services. But there there's been a lot of concern after Scott suggested that that's the way we should be moving, rather than dividing the district and continuing to uh, you know put so much emphasis on these state letter grades, concern that we would create something that was community school in name only. So I think that Bar's appointment at least gets us closer to not doing that. Well, right, but ultimately... But there's a lot of... But ultimately, it comes down to money. Right. Ultimately, community school, a lot of this jargon, and I noticed the announcement was like workforce development, all these words. It's real simple. It's trying to help kids and families beginning from birth, intervening in a family, whether through counseling, through preschool programs, also through health clinics, making sure people are healthy and that they're not hungry. And, and then when, and, and that when they're out of school, there are places for them to go that are helping build a child, whether it's after school or during the summer. These are things that don't just happen. They require people to deliver those services. 
And all of those people have salaries of some amount and need equipment and need supplies. And so you just can't, you just can't do these things. I mean, th- there's a, a sterling example of this in the United States today done by LeBron James in Ohio. He's taken a true public school, not a charter school. It's strictly targeted at poor kids. And it has exactly all of these add-on services that are being talked about in the abstract in Little Rock. And it's apparently working. It's apparently a wonderful thing. No. Okay, well, let's, let's move on. he put on. a ton of money into it. Right. Well, let's move on from that to last night's uh, Marathon mm-hmm. Community Advisory Board meeting. Um, for, for those who don't follow uh, closely along, the Community Advisory Board was appointed um, uh, by Johnny Key. It has no authority at the moment, though that may change, but it last night heard recommendations from uh, LRSD Superintendent Mike Poor on what direction to go in terms of rezoning uh, high school boundary lines. That's required by a legal settlement. Though there's some debate on what the urgency is. The district and state lawyers think that it has to happen by next year. Anyway, the the superintendent recommended uh, what was known as option two, which will convert Hall High School into a pure magnet with no attendance zone, uh, which leaves only two zone schools for the entire city, Southwest High School and Central High School. Students who attend Pinnacle View and the western part of Pinnacle View Middle School in the western part of the city will have the option of going to an expanding school of innovation adjacent to Pinnacle View uh, high school, it's now ninth grade, will go up till 10th next year, but there are not very many seats there, so um, it's not expected that everybody that wants to go there will be able to. So that was one concrete thing that happened. The other sort of big thing is that after suggesting last month that maybe the district should put a halt on its plans to um, to con- to add a, a K-8 school and close two elementary schools and a middle school. Um, last month, Poor suggested that maybe the district should put a pause on that because of raw emotions in the district surrounding the local control fight. Uh, Poor said, no, you know, now that we've heard from community input and thought about it, we should go ahead. Still, there was an effort on the board to, to, to delay, but there was a 3-3 vote, so that means that the previous recommendation stands. Other big thing in the meeting was that Jeff Wood, who's the chair of the board and, and who lives in the West Little Rock, Republican, uh, former Hutchinson uh, administration uh, aide, uh, pushed long and hard for the, the Pinnacle View High School to become a traditional high school with a full complement of extracurriculars, football, cheer, on and on, and expand next year from grades nine to 12. That got pushed back from, from poor in ways that we've heard before and made. Um, the district has limited resources and a lot of needs, and it wouldn't make sense to do that all at once. Um, there's been talk from Mayor Scott and others about one district south of the river. Uh, Joe T. Robinson is a nice high school, very near Pinnacle View. and <coughs> And all the students in that part of town are free to go there now. And many of them do. And there's some thought that that may be annexed in the district in the not-too-distant future. In addition to all that, it was news to me, and um, 
you know, I probably should have done advanced reporting on this, but Jay Pickering, who's the principal out there, said, like, there's no way we can do this. Like, this, this is a terrible idea to go from 9 to 12. He actually mentioned that he just read in the Arkansas Times that Diane Zook wanted to do it. And it's like, no, we can't do it. <laughs> well, a comprehensive high school is expensive. The one we're going to open next year was years in the planning. And to just instantly say, by God, I want my kid, which is Jeff Wood saying, to go to a comprehensive high school in my upscale white part of town, is just asking too much too quickly. It's just crazy. It's also laid bare some ugliness already on social media today. I mean, there again, it looks like well-to-do white people want to put their interest above those of the poor black kids that make up the majority of the district. And that's been the debate all along. I mean, the 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 one thing that may get lost in the Pinnacle View conversation is it does pull in kids from Terry, which is not an affluent school. So it's Terry, Fulbright and Roberts, which sort of right. on the scale of affluence are going up, but it's it's relatively diverse. The, the other thing that, that uh, was not clear is that Pinnacle View is creating a school of innovation, which is a specific model across the country. Springdale, Rogers have successful ones, but it's, it's, it's more along the lines of what the Arkansas School for Math and Sciences and, and the Arts does where it's focused on coding and robotics and uh, Principal Pickering said you know we might have a pep rally but it would be like to celebrate the robotics team going to a competition right so Wood just doesn't want that vision but no, it's he, been, he made it clear he wants a football team but it's been like Pickering said we've done surveys of parents of students we've been incredibly intentional on how we develop this school and it would be really unfair to change all that just on the whims. He didn't say this, but on, on whatever you want, basically. Which is what it is. Well, the most the most interesting question to me out of last night's saying now, and there's just a heap of of concern. Number one, is there an attendance zone for Pinnacle View now or not for the upper grades? Well, there's there's not according to Poor, and that. He, he got frustrated and all the back and forth and that, but I will say, he I went to all the meetings and listened to everything, and that was not well explained. Also, the district, in explaining it online, just put up these maps, and if you look at the map... Oh, those maps are impossible to read. If you look at the map, it does appear that Pinnacle View, Pinnacle View has attendance zones, but they're optional, according to the district. Yeah, that, that, that is one thing. But they have to be because of the seats. Another huge thing is really closing three schools and consolidating them on a former high school campus in the next eight months. Wow. What what an undertaking that's going to be. Not to mention, you know, disrupting all those people's lives. But, but, you know, I I just, I just don't know where the district heads with all this. I I just, it's somewhat, I think part of the problem is the state. I think having to go through them as a bureaucracy for everything you do slows things down. I think there's a lot of blame to go around on this, but I make the state the biggest villain. But the biggest question out of last night is, what's Johnny Key going to approve? And that's ultimately, what is Asa Hutchinson going to approve? Because Johnny Key answers to Asa. And so I don't know who's calling the shots on this stuff. I mean, we started the high school in Northwest Little Rock because Johnny Key ordered it. It wasn't requested. That was... Well, it was requested by some parents out there. And so they've got this fairly successful little high-tech operation, and now they want a football team. I don't know. Anyway. 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, if I would lived in West Little Rock, I would want some place for my kid to go. But you know what? They've got a place. It's just not in the district. This is arbitrary. To be a brand new high school just barely up the road, and they can transfer there easily. Yeah, that, there's plenty of room for that, them. That that argument is just really hard. To I mean, it, in fact, it's inefficient. The notion to build a brand new comprehensive high school. What is it? A mile and a half from Joe T. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So uh, your uh, talk about key brings us to uh, what happened on two Wednesday, and that was the State Board of Education held a work session to discuss the future of the Little Rock School District. Uh, the most noteworthy thing was that uh, Board Member Chad Peckeron outlined again what he said at a previous meeting that he thought that the elected board should have... Um, three restrictions and that's uh, they shouldn't be allowed to fire the school the superintendent without approval from the state board they shouldn't be allowed to reinstate the teachers union and they shouldn't be able to engage in litigation so I mean the the school district should give up a constitutional right given to every other citizen in the state of Arkansas and also he acknowledges the state board would still retain the power to veto anything it wanted to veto if it felt like it needed to do so. I mean, Chad Peckern got depicted in news coverage of this as a good guy. Do not be, do not be, do not be fooled. He's a good guy only in comparison to <laughs> Madam Shanghai Sheck Diane Zook, who is, who is the worst thing that ever happened to the Little Rock School District, who wants to micromanage, I, I think, probably the types of paper towels in the restroom, as best I could tell. And so Chad looks reasonable compared to her, but it's... Uh, it's a distinction without a difference. He still views a district that's firmly in control of the state. Right. So, yeah, that was the real theme is that Peckron and and many members of the board and Johnny Key seem to be at least ready to not talk about the every minutia of the Little Rock School District. But Diane Zook... No, because I know in the end they got the hammer. Diane Zook... Wants to be the superintendent. Yeah, she, she, she wants to be the superintendent, principal, and classroom teacher of the entire district. In fact, related to what we were just talking about, uh, she went on a long soliloquy on high school zones, which is nothing the board has ever talked about or, or considered, and said that she wanted to see Pinnacle View expanded and that maybe Mark Roberts, who's now the principal of Hall High, and uh, who, for whatever reason, is is admired by Zook and her nephew Gary Newton? Uh, maybe he could be the principal at at the new West Lark High. I mean, that's just nuts for a state board member to suggest employment changes of a principal in a school district. When who you, utters from her mouth at the same time we're returning local control to your district? I mean, it's just it's bullshit. Well, is yeah, it, she, is what it is. She, she, though, she was like, you know, I'm wary of 100% local control. So yeah, she's at yeah, least, at least yeah. more transparent about that. She might let them pick the colors of their school uniforms. I don't know. Maybe. But, yeah, as you say, the the, the big thing on the horizon is, um, well, I guess I should say one more thing about the state board is that Key floated the idea of granting authority to the Community Advisory Board beginning in January until an elected board is seated after the November elections. Mm-hmm. That would be a big 
bad deal for the LRSD community. That board is so heavily weighted toward the administration's point of view that it's just, it's not even funny. I mean, the most powerful members of the board are two Republicans from rich white parts of town, Jeff Woods and, and Melanie Fox. I mean, I don't, I don't question their dedication. Part of it, part of that is because they go and they participate and they work and they study and I give them credit for that. But they're coming. I mean, we are heading headlong back to again a district which the Little Rock Chamber of Commerce would approve, but that got us in so much trouble in the first place, which rich white people run. And they're they're going to pack the school board and they're going to draw zones so that the board is majority white. And so that the people in the right parts of town will again control the fate of a district that is by population majority brown and black and by student overwhelmingly brown and black. It may be legal now. Maybe the federal courts won't stop this kind of crap anymore, but it's just wrong. And people aren't so stupid as not to get it when it happens. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm afraid, going to be a rough year. Yeah, it's going to it's it's been a rough be, year. The good news is, is there really year. is some, you know, some, some advocacy afoot in the district and some grassroots movement. And, of course, there's going to be some splintering there because inevitably there will be neighborhoods that have different interests. But I, I think the general interest in the school district and the resistance to Johnny Key and Asa Hutchinson calling shots in the school district is, is pretty significant. And, 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 and has produced at least some minor reactions on the state's part. They've at least tried to make it appear better than it actually is. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure there's more to say about that, but we've said enough. Yeah, it's true. Let's move on to endorsements. What do you have this week? Uh, well, I, I just want to say, fine, it's, what is it, 30 years old, 40 years old, but uh, Aretha Franklin's gospel concert is now available on the web. After, oh, oh, yeah, where where can you watch? Is that on Netflix? I can't remember if it's on Netflix or Amazon. I'm bad to remember, but I, I know I watched it on one of my pay services, and it's... She famously didn't want it released. She didn't want it released, and the family has now worked a deal, you know, to make some money. She's got a few apparently pending bills her estate does left over, but... It's just great. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, Mick Jagger hanging out. I mean, just all these famous people hanging out, listening, and just, I mean, her voice is just astonishing, and the range is incredible. And it's it's kind of, you know, it's not super rough, but it's, you know, it's just a very modest little church in Los Angeles that had this incredible choir, and, I mean, it's, it's uplifting. Great stuff. Okay, I'll check that out. I think I've endorsed before the uh, Criterion uh, streaming service, that has uh, all sorts of art, foreign, indie films, uh, as well as a ton of documentaries. But they've got the full uh, Monterey Pop collection on there. Oh, wow. Like, not just the original movie, but you can watch, like, the whole Otis Redding concert or the whole Jimi Hendrix. Because I haven't watched them yet, but I'm excited. Oh, boy, the Otis Redding. The Otis Redding one, just from the Monterey Pop movie, was amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So that's that's on my list. I'll I'll stick to music and endorse, and maybe I've done this before, but uh, a great Tulsa rock band called Broncho. Um, they they come to Fayetteville quite a bit. I, I wish they'd come to Little Rock sometime. Um, it's it's you know it's straight ahead rock and roll, um, some kind of pop influences. I, I'm pretty sure that the band, incredible stoners. It kind of has that vibe to it, but. It's uh, it's some great rock and roll. Check it out. When is our Stephanie singing with the symphony? Is that this weekend? I or is that 
I don't think it starts this weekend, but it's soon. Check, go to the Arkansas Symphony's website because Stephanie Smittle, our arts entertainment editor, is the featured vocalist, and she is an incredible vocalist. She can sing. Yeah, thanks for reminding us. All right, well, check us out on your favorite podcast service. Subscribe, give us a comment, tell your friends. We'll be back next week. Yeah, yeah.